counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut, you better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. A little saltier than usual. Normally, I am the one that's uh, got uh, negativity hitting us up here. But Dane, even after a win, you're not. Uh, I hear you're not feeling great about this Packers performance. But guess what? We won, and we're nine and three. Oh, I'm so glad we're nine and three. I I was so frustrated in the first half of this game, though, Wags. And uh, and early in the third quarter, certainly as well. I I'm exhausted right now. We're recording this game, at, at, you know, this podcast after the game, and I feel just completely wiped out. I was I was as angry maybe as I've been all season at parts of this game uh, to to uh, such a degree uh, that they're getting late into the second quarter. I just put pause. I or, or excuse me, I put a, a mute on the TV. I, I couldn't listen to the announcers anymore. I needed to bring my volume down and my voice level uh, just a little bit. So I was I was talking to my wife and, and, you know, our dog, and I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on with this team sometimes. Um, so the good news is uh, they, they really rallied, I thought, late third quarter, fourth quarter, played the kind of football that I expect and we expect out of this Packer team. Uh, but but I thought that the, they let the Giants hang around a little bit longer than I would have liked. Um, getting a little frustrated with some of these defensive penalties. Uh, it, it's it's not the it's not the uh, the physical issues I'm having problems with. It's, it's some of these mental issues that are really starting to frustrate me. The uh, the Preston Smith, um, the, the you know giving basically the Giants a, a much shorter opportunity there to convert, and then we watch them kind of snowball down the field from there. Um, you know, holding these teams, but then giving up these fourth down, uh, for the fourth down conversions. The Packers allowed three fourth down conversions in the first half of this game. Um, it, you know, it's it's those time, types of issues that are really, really frustrating for me, and um, I'm, I'm hopeful that this isn't stemming from a larger issue, but I just, I watch them allow a lesser opponent in the New York Giants to hang around for a while longer than I would have liked and I think longer than they should have. And I just fear that if you're playing a higher-skilled opponent, because, yes, I am looking ahead to, um, you know, some of the more talented teams in this league, I don't know if in the first half they played good enough football to hang around long enough to be able to stomp out a team if you were playing a Seattle Seahawks team or a San Francisco 49er team or, heck, even looking within the division, uh, looking at a Minnesota Viking team. So, yes, we got the win. We turned it on and then played well there in the second half. But I just I feel like there's correctable mistakes there and these, these offside calls and some of these holding calls are just starting to drive me a little bit crazy. Yeah, and that's completely fair. I I actually came away feeling pretty good about this game uh, myself, just in terms of you're not wrong. Uh, certainly uh, in that second and third quarter, I, I thought the Giants did a, a few good things too. Um, some things that defensively I, I thought are, uh, we were doing pretty well situationally. 
Um, but uh, certainly fourth down conversion. Uh, the, the Giants were just playing with absolutely nothing to lose mentality. <laughs> Decided they weren't going to punt this game. Sometimes it's a little <laughs> tough. Would I have liked to see them execute a little bit better on those fourth down situations? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, that's, that can be kind of challenging, too, when you get some big stops on third down. And, and that was something that the Packers were able to do pretty well today. Um, and then they're just like, screw it, we're two and nine, we're just going to keep going for it every time. So, I, yes, um, I, I, I sense that. And uh, I think some of the things that uh, I was frustrated by and I've been venting about this, this last couple of weeks uh, didn't necessarily get corrected in this game, uh, but I did see some signs uh, of some some improvement in, in some areas that I think the coaching staff is is clearly focusing on and, and, and uh, a few other things just from a personnel standpoint that I think we can get into a little bit as we go through and, and recap this game. Uh, but, uh, Dane, I, 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 I think considering, and you hit on those uh, defensive penalties, the offside penalties, considering we didn't get a single sack today, I, I, I didn't think our D-line had their best game. Uh, they were getting a little bit of pressure uh, at times, but – uh, Daniel Jones had quite a bit of time to throw in most of those um, uh, plays, and he got a rookie quarterback back there that's struggling, and he's throwing us the ball. I would have liked to see us get after it a little bit more. So that was my one, you know, uh, kind of um, takeaway from the defensive side of the ball that was a little bit disappointed by that. They weren't a bit more aggressive. Uh, it didn't seem like um, the Coach Patton dialed anything up for the most part. We saw a few blitz, uh, um, blitzes in the run game, some run blitzes, but not too many, uh, blitzes in a passing situation. They, they, for the most part, just lined up and, and rushed their main guys on the D line, three or four guys at most in most of those situations. And, and Daniel Jones had some time to throw. So yeah, the Giants were able to control the clock, uh, in that second and third quarter. But you know what? They only came away with a couple of field goals uh, in that time. So you have to give the defense some credit for, for coming up with the stops when they need to do. Yeah, no, I and I don't want to come off like the sky is falling. I'm definitely not that guy. I think that it was a good win. They took care of business. Um, the, the score looks really good, 31 to 13. It's just uh, it's the moments. It's these plays in these moments. I mean, the one that I – uh, Wags that I really was going to pull my hair out on was uh, in the third quarter. Um, I, I believe it was third and 12, and we had them back, and that's what we want in this defense, right? Is we want we have a, a, a young quarterback who's who's you know knows that he's going to have to throw the ball, so everybody knows you know we're coming, and he's able to get I think like a 43 yard pass to Latimer. Uh, that's the stuff that needs to be corrected ASAP. We've been getting gashed on these plays, and it's not like it was first down. We were taken a little bit by surprise, but on third and 12, to give up a 40-plus yard play is just a, its a little unconscionable to me, to be totally honest with you. So it's, it's those types of plays that we need to limit because we can get away with it against New York Giants. I just don't know if we can get away with it with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you, and – um, you know, there was a, a couple of guys that I didn't think have their, their best games in the secondary either. Um, Tremont, uh, had that interception late, but this was not 
his best game. Uh, missed a tackle in a, a run situation. Uh, Saquon made him miss pretty badly. Uh, got beat deep uh, and underneath a couple of times in the past uh, situation. Not something that we've seen a, a lot from, from Tremont this year. I thought Kevin King was having kind of a tough game today. Uh, I know he's gotten a lot of heat from fellow Packers fans, and he's been mentioned on the pod as, as someone. I, I think he's unfairly been a little bit maligned at times just because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, what if, if there's not help over the top or they're not really, you know, rotating over the way they need to. Uh, today he had a little bit of a tough day uh, with Slayton, the rookie. He's certainly a talented kid, but um, – I would have liked to see a, a, a little bit uh, more uh, physicality and, and a little, uh, a few more opportunities to come up um, and, and knock that ball away from Kevin King. But uh, it, it looked like he may have been maybe a little bit tentative at times. Uh, I don't know if the, the playing surface had anything to do with it, but uh, uh, wanted to make sure that they weren't slipping and, and uh, allowing guys to get over the tops. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I think considering we didn't get any sacks um, and uh, we were able to uh, limit those big plays for the, the New York Giants pretty well overall, mm-hmm. uh, certainly uh, you would like to have eliminated them altogether. Um, I, I think you have to be pretty pleased with the fact that this defense only gave up 13 points. Granted, to let's be honest, a, a pretty awful New York Giants team, uh, they've got some individual talent and, and, you know, uh, for the most part, I, I think situationally, uh, they came through. So Dane, uh, why don't we dive into this and, and do a little recap? Um, started off what, uh, well in terms of, uh, the offense coming out and, and getting on the board first. What did you see in that first drive that really stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, that, that's just kind of, uh, you know, things are going well, at least offensively a little bit when you're able to, to get rolling right away, right away. I, I'll tell you what, Wags. I was encouraged immediately when we worked Aaron Jones into the passing game. Uh, it sounds silly; it's like a seven-yard catch, right? But uh, for for us to work him in a little bit, I was like, okay. So that's you know what we've been missing a little bit on Aaron Jones. But then from there, man, Alan Lazard. I'm just gonna say it. Alan Lazard is the Packers' number two wide receiver. Uh, on the on the on the offense right now, uh, and I think potentially going forward as we trend towards a playoff berth, uh, Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver unquestioned. But Alan Lazard showed today in his first hundred yard receiving game that uh, he can play in the snow, uh, he can play in the cold, he can play uh, and under the lights of New York City. And I was just so impressed. You know, he had that big catch by. Uh, he had that big catch, was able to exploit a, uh, a lot of rookies back there in the defensive backfield. And then from there, uh, as we know, uh, Rodgers eventually was able to find Devontae Adams for that touchdown. And uh, we were clearly rolling right away there. And I knew that if we got off to a hot start against the Giants, we were going to make Daniel Jones have to throw the ball. I thought that we'd be in a good position to win this football game. But I was just encouraged that Jones was able to mix himself in early. And um, I thought that um, you know, that's something that uh, he didn't have a lot of run success today, uh, but at least the Packers were able to mix the running backs in a little bit. Um, and I'd like to see him get back on track running the ball, although this New York Giants defense 
for what it's worth, they're, they are pretty stout against the run. Uh, so, you know, Rodgers was able to make the plays that he needed to make. And I will add, Wags, and I'm curious your take on this, I thought Brian Belaga looked like he held up really well today. I was shocked that he suited up today. Uh, absolutely tough guy to be able to battle and play in these elements. And I thought that the offensive line on that first series uh, gave Rodgers the time that he needed and really started to bounce back, and they showed it early after a tough week against San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Aaron was getting rid of the ball. He seemed pretty decisive. It helps when your guys are wide open. That was a phenomenal uh, pass and catch to Lazard yeah. right away in the second play. So as you said, set up by by throwing the ball to Aaron Jones on first down, uh, we're able to pick up seven yards. Uh, that was a quick series uh, and get down and score. They only had one third down in that series. So uh, when you can avoid third downs, that certainly helps and, and, and makes the offense. Uh, look uh, quite a bit better as well. Um, you're, you're passing on fir- first down and running on second down. Um, that's really throwing that defense off balance. Um, backing up just a second, I do want to uh, give uh, point out and give Kenny Clark a quick shout out because on that first series, oh. you mentioned your frustration with some of the offsides penalties. We have them in a, a third and six and, um, um, and Sidarius Smith jumps offsides to give him a third and short. Uh, they came with a, a run blitz, uh, and um, Blake Martinez came up and, and pressed up the middle, was able to pull, attract the blocker, and they missed Kenny Clark, and so he uh, slipped right into the backfield for a big loss. I, I, that was one of those run blitzes that I mentioned. I, I'd like to see them do, keep doing more of that because – when they cue those up, it, it takes the decision out of Blake Martinez's um, uh, mind, and they're, they're pushing him up to the line of scrimmage. And you can see what that can do is even if he's not making the play, that, that's an extra guy for the offensive lineman to have to block. And Big Kenny's going to make a play in that situation every time. And he just jumped up and smothered him. So he picked up Zarius very nicely to force them in a three and out and get that punt. Um, and then – we got pretty lucky that this is a game of, of bounces because Trayvon Smith fumbled the ball on that punt return, mm-hmm. and luckily it went out of bounds. And I'll tell you what, Dean, that's, this is a completely different ball game. We've seen this all the time. If that ball gets scooped up by the Giants, uh, even if they don't scoop it up and run it back for six points, uh, if they scoop that up and they, they can send their offense right back out into the field, uh, that can change the, the tenor and swing them everything right off the bat in a game like this. And so that could have been a huge mess. Um, I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to keep an eye on the roster this week. I just don't know that uh, Tremont Smith has, has given us anything in this return game. And uh, granted, no one else has either. But if he's not going to be sure-handed back there, I would not be surprised see them either go out uh, and and pick someone else up if there's someone available, or maybe even give the kid Darius Shepard another try um, and another look and, and see coming back home this week if he gets a, an opportunity uh, to be activated back onto the 53-man roster. Yeah, Wags, it's funny you say that because I know that we uh, recently picked up Jared Veld here uh, that the offensive tackle who's just started in a ton of football games over the course of his career for the Raiders and then the Broncos and 
Um, you know, the Patriots signed him. He retired, came out of retirement. Uh, right now, he, he's sitting uh, on, as a roster exception, so he's not taking up one of our 53 uh, spots. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny you say that about Tremont Smith because the Packers clearly have worked out other guys at different times. We have some other guys that are currently on the roster that do have a little bit of experience returning punts. Uh, I know uh, Shannon Sullivan, showtime for a couple of weeks there, was returning kicks. And uh, you almost have to wonder, because right now, knock on wood, the team uh, came out, it looks like, relatively healthy again this week. Uh, if they want to uh, to promote Belt here, which I, I imagine they do, he's a talented offensive lineman. Uh, to do that, they're going to have to make a corresponding move. And there's a couple spots where they could do it. But, wait, would you be totally shocked if Tremont Smith is the guy that maybe uh, is removed from this roster? Because as of now, um, I, I would argue this was probably his best game of special teams for the Packers, and he fumbled one of those balls out of bounds. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all. In fact, regardless of whether they actually bring someone else in or not, to your point in the short term, we very well could could see that they just uh, have a couple of the guys that they have on on the active roster assume those duties. I don't think that's going to be a long-term answer, but I've been saying all season that in the punt game, uh, the best thing that we could do right now is just to run up, catch the ball, and fair catch it, um, and let just uh, trot the offense out there. I don't need any fumbles. I don't need any you know penalties to, to, to send us backwards because we're trying to uh, get a, a scratch out a couple yards on a return. So, um, yeah, I think the guys we have could certainly do that. My biggest concern late in the season with the wind, with the cold, with this slicker football uh, is ball security. So we need someone back there that can run up and catch it because the last thing we need to do is they fumble it just trying to secure the ball um, mm-hmm. or, you know, we're in a situation where you have someone that's a little bit inexperienced uh, heading into the playoffs. So, if they're going to make a move, now is the time, in my view, to make that move. Uh, and perhaps we're even getting into the point of the season where we get Jair Alexander back there uh, with some opportunities to return some some punts as well. Um, so I think there's a few guys that we could rotate back there um, and uh, try to see what they can do. Um, so, Dane, let's let's move then into that, that second um, series for the Giants and the defense. They were able to get one of their fourth down conversions, and that was a, a situation where I was pretty frustrated because it looked like we were playing kind of a zone look. Um, I believe we only sent three guys um, uh, uh, rushing, so um, we, were, we were only rushing three, and we've got guys back in coverage on a fourth and five situation. That, that's really was the make or break play of that drive. And Slayton's able to just kind of get out on a little out route in the flat, um, run past the sticks, and he's wide open. Uh, what did you see on that play? Was that something? Was that an issue with what was dialed up? Would you like to see them put a little bit more pressure on Daniel Jones in a situation like that, or or what were you looking at on that particular play? Yeah, I, I mean, you're hitting it on the head. I was um, I was like, just hit the quarterback. Get out there and make this quarterback feel uncomfortable. I, I thought that uh, Jones showed quite a bit of toughness today, and he was able to make some throws uh, under some duress. 
But I also thought that if we were able to get maybe one or two more just hits on that kid uh, here early in that first half of the game, I don't think he would have been able to snap back, to, you know, and 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 kind of continue the way he was, he was continuing with making these throws. And we were so close on a couple of those plays, but I that I thought that um and and that was with less pressure that I thought if we dialed up just another blitz here or there uh, to make him a little bit more uncomfortable, um you know we we could have had some success in bringing him down today. Uh, and I'll I gotta say, wait, Slayton is a really talented wide receiver. Uh, the Giants appear to have really um, landed a guy there. I thought he had a couple nice moves on Jair Alexander today, although Alexander played a really nice football game, I thought, overall. Um, but uh, I think that Barkley to Slayton, it's going to be something that a lot of Giants fans are going to be able to, to watch for quite a while there. Um, but, yes, uh, to your point, um, I was a little surprised by – uh, the softness of, of the Packers' defense today. And I don't mean that from a physicality standpoint necessarily, uh, but just from the play calling alone, uh, there were a number of instances where I noticed that the Packers were dropping into eight-man back, which means we're only rushing three guys. And uh, I know Daniel Jones uh, makes some mistakes, and he, he certainly turned the ball over a few times today, uh, but I thought that uh, there were some ripe opportunities, especially with the snow on the ground, wet conditions uh, where, um, you know, cold weather game, young quarterback, I, I really thought there might be some more opportunities there to, to force some fumbles and, and make Daniel Jones' day go from uh, three interceptions and a touchdown and a couple of 200-plus yards uh, to three interceptions and maybe a, a couple fumbles, too. I really thought that the opportunity was there. So I'm a little surprised that the, the Packers didn't apply that pressure, and I thought that at times when they didn't apply the pressure is when we got gashed the most. Yeah, uh, and granted, um, it, it seemed the Packers' game plan coming in and, and it was, was very much, all right, let's just limit the big plays. This is a, a young quarterback that uh, very well could throw us the football a few times. Um, situationally, let's uh, uh, execute on third down, and, and if they get into the red zone. And, and we did that. The one thing we didn't do was get much pressure on, on Daniel Jones, and, and he showed that he's got the arm to, to complete these passes. But they didn't give up a play longer than 18 yards in the first half. So they were, for, for the most part, just kind of – meandering their way down the field and taking what the Packers defense was giving them. Um, it, it just, uh, that was a situation where I thought they really could have been a little bit more aggressive um, and um, put a little bit more pressure on, on Daniel Jones and been able to come up and press because if he doesn't have time to throw the ball downfield and you're in a fourth and five situation and he's got to make a short pass. Now your uh, DBs can come up and be a little bit more aggressive uh, in the passing situation as well. Uh, and so uh, certainly I think that was one play uh, that uh, Coach Patton and this uh, uh, coaching staff on the defensive side would probably be looking at with a little bit of regret that they weren't a little bit more aggressive in that, that scenario. But uh, And then certainly uh, the uh, pass to Sterling Shepard um, was what capped off that scoring drive. So um, not a nice catch. He went down yeah, and got that ball. It was a nice yeah, catch. I mean, the game of inches, right? Yeah, it was, and 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 Jones was actually under a little bit of pressure on that play, so it was a pretty good throw by him, I thought, as well. Um, so uh, kudos to them. They certainly do have some individual talent, 
that is capable of making plays like that. Uh, but it was the fourth down conversion in my mind that uh, obviously gave them that opportunity. So uh, next possession, the Packers come back and uh, we get a uh, uh, another touchdown, uh, a beautiful uh, pass uh, from Rodgers to Alan Lazard. And you said coming into this week, Dan, that you thought that Alan Lazard was one of the guys that we could expect to see more of. And he certainly had an impact today. Um, right off the bat in this first quarter, both of the first two possessions coming up with big plays. So uh, what did you think about on, on that drive and, and that pass in particular? Wags, uh, believe it or not, uh, I uh, I tried to pick him up in fantasy football and start him today. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, I, I didn't I, – I just missed the timing of it. And, uh, obviously, fantasy football is a – distant uh, second to any time the Packers are winning football, but I kind of chuckled. My wife goes, oh, you probably should have picked him up, huh? <laughs> I was like, yes, I should have. Um, Lazard is um, a really a revelation this year. Uh, you and I were really high on him coming into camp, and I thought that he put out some good tape last year late in the season uh, when, when the season was, was uh, finishing up. And we, you know, we, it was kind of a lost season. I thought that Lazard looked pretty good there. Uh, I did not think that he could be this good, uh, for, for, you know, uh, a number of weeks though. Um, he has shown, uh, just leaps and bounds improvement, um, you know, from, from last year to, to this year, but even week to week. Uh, I love how he plays the game. Uh, he, he's a pretty strong blocker as well, but Wags on that play, um, he showed a lot of speed. I, I, what did you think about that? I mean, this kid's six foot five, two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds, and he was just burning down the field in those snowy conditions. And when I saw that, I went, "Shoot, is that our deep threat right there?" I know that folks are talking about MBS, uh, but I went, "Is is is that our deep threat?" And and I actually heard after the game uh, that question was asked to Coach Lafleur, uh, and he responded, "Well." He was today. <laughs> so what did you think about that? Because I was so impressed by Allen's speed, straight line speed, to be able to make that play and then to make that catch that way. It was just something to watch where you, you, you go back and you show kids that are watching the game. You go, that's how you run a route, and that's how you make a catch. I was just really impressed by Allen Lazard today. Yeah, um, and it was a well-designed play. Um, Lazard uh, ran a nice route. Uh, was able to just run right away from, I believe, Bethay was in coverage, uh, was wide open, and uh, just very nice execution. Certainly with the conditions, uh, it's not a given that these guys aren't slipping or whatever on any uh, deep pass, so um, uh, make sure to give credit where it's due. As open as he was, uh, uh, both uh, quarterback and receiver uh, were clearly on the same page there and uh, was able to come up with a big play, and a quick answer uh, to that Giants score. Uh, so one of the things that uh, we haven't seen a lot of um, all the time from this Packers offense this season is that quick strike um, and, you know, quick scoring offense. And that's certainly what we saw uh, again today in the first quarter. So then things kind of slowed down a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I Dane, I don't know if you know, scoring quickly is ever a bad thing. It's not. You get points up on the board. But one thing that we didn't do in either of those first two possessions is establish any sort of run game. They they ran the ball a couple of times, uh, picked up 
you know, some yards, uh, but um, really only ran the ball, uh, it looks like, three or four times total uh, between those first two possessions. And it seemed to me that they were trying to, you know, maybe overthink things a little bit. And, and Coach LaFour uh, went back and said, all right, well, let, now let, we've got the points on the board. Let's get this run game going. Um, and I'm not sure if that was what kind of got them a little bit out of rhythm then in that second and third quarter. But uh, it, it that was probably the time when you were starting to get pretty darn frustrated, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's where I started to go. It's first down. Up here comes the, the run that gets stopped. Oh, second down, incomplete pass. Oh, now it's third and long. You know, it, it, it was kind of that recipe a little bit uh, that was getting a little bit frustrating for me. I mean, obviously, uh, going into the second quarter, Kevin King was able to hop that route and, and get that nice interception. Uh, we were able to get some more points uh, here in the second quarter. But then you're right. We just weren't really able to get that running game going very well. And we kind of we, – we, this is where I felt legs. Like we were kind of just meandering about a little bit. It, it's almost like we lost a little bit of, um, dare I say, creativity offensively. And, and I, I don't want to be too harsh again on this team. We won 31 to 13 for goodness sakes. Um, but I, I just saw a couple times there where I went, listen, we were beating these guys pretty good here and I don't expect us to get points every possession. Uh, but what, what started to become a cause for concern for me, Wags, is that, um, it almost looked like it was like a, a tale of, of, uh, of two games at certain points where, uh, at first it looked like we just couldn't be stopped, and then it's almost like we were stopping ourselves a little bit, uh, and, and then we went back to a couple times throughout this game again, uh, that has been a complaint of mine for now a couple of years, really. Um, you know, it's third and one, third and two, and instead of looking for the short pass to just, um, you know, extend the, uh, extend the, the drive, um, we, we saw Aaron take some of these shots downfield, and fortunately we, we bailed out a couple times with the penalties and, and other ways. But uh, I just want to get first down, continue to establish the clock, yeah, give us another chance, give our running game more opportunities so we can just kind of take the game over. And I just saw kind of a, a, a familiar – uh, challenges that this Packer offense faces from time to time. And again, you can overcome them against a, a poor opponent, but against a uh, top-tier opponent, I just worry that these kinds of habits will come back to bite us when we need these habits to not be there the most. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, that, on that possession that we ended up with the field goal after King's interception, um, on third down, uh, we that was the one time that Rodgers actually targeted MVS all game. They've yeah. got third and eight, and he targets them with a deep pass into the end zone. And, I, you know, it would have been a tough catch, but it looks like Rodgers was a pretty frustrated with MBS after that play. He really didn't make a, a very good effort to, you know, make mm-hmm. a play on the ball. And I, I get that the DB was right there in coverage. I think that was Janoris Jenkins. He's a pretty solid cornerback. Yeah. But – at the same time, I, you know, the announcer says, well, that was a little underthrown. I thought it was underthrown by design. And this has been a problem. MBS is no longer a deep threat in my mind because he does not play the football on those, that, that deep pass, uh, in a way that uh, allows Aaron to have trust in him that he's going to go up and, and make a play. It's been something that he's been struggling with all year. Unfortunately, if, if MBS doesn't run away from defense and just run under a deep pass, 
um, he really, really struggles when he's got someone uh, running next to him stride for stride and coverage uh, in terms of, of getting himself in position and jumping and, and high-pointing and making play on football. And it looked like he had an opportunity to do that on that play. And I'm not saying he would have definitely uh, caught that pass, but I just thought it was noteworthy. And the other part of it that I – the reason I was asking about uh, getting out of rhythm a little bit is, is not only do I agree with you uh, that they were maybe a little bit too aggressive in those uh, third down situations, throwing the ball downfield, um, was part of it that they were so successful uh, being aggressive, getting the ball downfield. I think Aaron is always going to have his foot to the pedal, and, and when he sees opportunities uh, against a defense that's really struggling, he likes to be aggressive no matter what the down and distance is. Uh, and sometimes that can hurt us. Um, and I think that definitely did at times in that second and third quarter uh, where on that particular play, it looked like both Devontae and Jimmy Graham uh, were kind of doing a uh, shorter uh, uh, route pattern underneath. And it appeared both of them would have been open for the first down. And Aaron decided to take a shot at the end zone. So, um I, I would like to see this Packer offense take their shots and be more aggressive on first and second down. And then in the third down situations, that's where you, uh, you know, get those um, um, uh, possession and those uh, stick moving plays uh, where you're a little bit safer and, and higher percentage. Um, so I, I'm not saying not to be aggressive at times uh, in those situations because certainly the defense is expecting a run or a shorter pass route as well. But, um, you know, that, that's something that definitely stood out to me and I think allowed the Giants to, to stay in this game a little bit longer than they should have. Um, but you also have to give the Giants credit for having an over nine-minute possession in that second quarter, too, um, where they only came away with a field goal. And But uh, that, I think, may have played a part in the Packers offense, getting a little bit out of rhythm in that second and third quarter as well. Yeah, yes, and um, you're right. I, I, I want to see this offense be aggressive, and we can look to the second half where we were certainly very aggressive, I thought, uh, on a play where Aaron Rodgers said that he thought it was kind of the play of the game, and I would agree with him, and we'll get to that. Um, but uh, it's almost sometimes becoming predictable as somebody who watches the Packers each week that it's third and six or third and eight, and we're taking a deep, deep shot. Like, I see it every game. And, I, listen, I like the aggressiveness, but I just think I, sometimes I want a higher percentage play. Um, I've seen the Packers' defense for years at times, you know, get get beat on what was a four-yard catch that becomes a 15-yard catch. And I think that there's enough receiver talent and offensive talent on this team for that to happen as well. So I just want to trust uh, some of these guys because I think this Packer offense is at its best when we're spreading the ball out and not trying to always have the home run, uh, the home run at critical times or at smart times. Uh, but otherwise, let your playmakers make plays. And, um, and you know, um, we can make those defenders miss a tackle just like some of these other teams do. I just – I have a lot of uh, faith in some of the talent on this offense. Um, so I agree. I love the aggressiveness, and I want to continue to see the aggressiveness. It's just sometimes on third and six or third and eight, when you see a Jimmy Graham streaking over the middle, which looks to be a first down, I just want that first down 
let's keep this drive going because we're going to win football games when it matters that way. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you're not wrong, Dane, and certainly um, uh, still coming away with points. Uh, Kudos for Mason Crosby uh, again. And he earned a a game ball, and and we'll mention later, but, um, you know, uh, coming in and and just thrilling at a 47-yard field goal, snowing pretty good at that point. So, um, so he picked us up and defense with the interception. That following possession that I just mentioned for the Giants, a nine-and-a-half-minute drive, defense actually stopped them three times on third down. <laughs> uh, how often does that ha- happen? And, and there wasn't penalties or anything that it converted, but the Giants end up with two fourth-down conversions uh, on that possession, both uh, around that fourth-and-one and, and fourth-and-two variety. On that first one, um, it, it was a quarterback sneak for Daniel Jones, and uh, uh, it looks like Blake Martinez kind of had uh, Kenny Clark shift over into the other gap, and then Daniel Jones smartly just snapped the ball immediately and just slid right to the, the space that Kenny Clark, uh, uh, you know, occupied previously. I uh, was able to easily pick up that first down. And then I, I thought that was kind of an interesting, their next fourth and two, uh, it was a designed run for Daniel Jones up the middle, and Preston Smith kind of just got ran over. You haven't seen that too often. No. So he had an opportunity to stop Daniel Jones on that fourth down, uh, and he was able to be slippery and, and get by Preston Smith. Not something that you would expect to see too often, and I'm sure Preston uh, would have liked to have another opportunity to play that one over as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going, you know, as we wrapped up that, that first half, uh, I thought we did see some signs of some, some good progress from J.K. Scott. Um, you know, he was able to punt the ball there. I thought he punted the ball today probably better wags than he has in the last five or six weeks. I thought the ball came off of his foot really well today. Uh, we gave the Giants the ball back uh, with just, a, you know, about 30 seconds left uh, in the second quarter. Uh, but we really pinned them super deep back there with a, a, a really nice punt by JK. And, um, and when I saw that, I kind of, I kind of chuckled to myself because I didn't think that drive, uh, from the Packers was, uh, obviously all that successful. But I was like, hey, uh, look at the bright side. Uh, JK's finding his footing again. So, uh, did you see something similar, the similar things that I saw there? It looked like JK was just hitting the ball the way, uh, we've come to expect him to do that. Yeah, I definitely, I was going to say the same thing, and that was a nice opportunity to mention that. He also pinned the Giants deep uh, one time, too, uh, mm-hmm. got the, you know, really accurate placement. And so that was uh, a really good to see. I think early in the season, he was just booming kicks, as as we know. It uh, wasn't necessarily uh, getting the ball, you know, uh, with any, you know, touch on it, uh, kind of with his pitching wedge to get a, to get a, uh, pin him deep inside the 10-yard line. Uh, today he was able to do that as well. So uh, didn't have to have a lot of action, but um, uh, that was definitely good to see that uh, he was able to bounce back and, and have a good week. We're going to need him down the stretch. Uh, as uh, the weather turns and we get into some playoff football, uh, field possession starts to become more and more important. So uh, hopefully that's a sign of things to come for J.K. So, yeah, very good uh, job by both J.K. and Mason Crosby today, special teams. Uh, so uh, certainly a positive thing uh, to look at moving forward. Um, okay, so, Dane, going into the second half then, we're, we're up 
17-10 as that first offensive series. I was really looking for the Packers to come right out in the second half and put some points on the board. And, okay, let's get up a couple of scores um, and, and let's start to put this thing away. Uh, what did you see in that first offensive possession for the Packers? Because um, it, it seemed like they put themselves in, in tough down-and-distance situations right away. Uh, they were able to uh, get a, a nice third and 13 conversion with Alan Lazard getting involved again uh, with the 23-yard catch. But then uh, right away again, uh, we end up with uh, uh, third and 13. Uh, and it, it wasn't a, a, a very crisp possession. We had one nice play with Lazard, but uh, that was a little discouraging, I thought, coming right out of the half. Uh, that we weren't able to get some things going right there. Yeah, you don't want to see Aaron Jones uh, have minus six yards on a series, uh, <laughs> which is what it ended up happening with a, a couple uh, a couple of runs for for minus three yards, a clip there, and uh, and to different sides of the offensive line as well. For the first over the left side, the other uh, over the the right guard position there. Uh, so that was a, a little frustrating for us, I think. And uh, again. I think this Packer offense is working the best when Aaron Jones is uh, is running well. Um, and uh, and um, oh, and, I, and actually, I uh, I misspoke. It was Jamal Williams who had the first carry, so it was uh, three apiece uh, to Jones and to Williams. But uh, you get the point, right? We don't want to see our running backs moving backwards there. Um, so yeah, we didn't start out as hot as I would have liked, and uh, I started to squirm in my seat a little bit here in the early third quarter when we had to punt the ball again. Uh, but again, J.K. Scott wags another great punt, pins him within the ten yard line. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know you're able to do that uh, on that field in these conditions, and now you're saying, okay, the Packers are up, and uh, Daniel Jones, you're going to have to drive an awful long time to go get points. Uh, so I was pretty pleased with that. Um, you know that series there, then with the New York Giants having the football. Um, it could have been worse as far as I'm concerned. I thought that um, there was a really deep pass there uh, down to Slayton uh, that, you know, things could have gotten going pretty good, I thought, for the New York Giants, uh, but there were some offsetting penalties there. Um, so, you know, they're able to bring it back. Now, eventually, they're able to still get another chunk play out of the Packers, and this is on that uh, third and 12 play that you and I talked about at the top of this podcast. Uh, again, there's no excuse for that. You're giving up 43 yards uh, to to a wide receiver on third and 12. Um, just a, a huge blown coverage position puts the Giants in position. And I thought today the kicker for New York, Rosas, was uh, looked really confident and, and kicked the ball really well. And uh, they came away with points right out of halftime there uh, with a nice 45-yard field goal. So now from there. Uh, we're sitting here, and you know, I felt like the Packers now needed to respond uh, pretty pretty quickly in short order. Otherwise, we were going to let the New York Giants take the lead for for the first time of the game, and I think that would have, of course, been a little bit problematic. Um, so, um, right here, this is really the series I think where I was probably at my highest frustration levels, Wags, because I felt like we left the door open for the Giants. And in the NFL, I don't care what your record is, if you the team with opportunities more often than not when they get the opportunities they're going to take them yeah uh, I would agree with you and and that was the play that Ramon got beat and we were talking about Latimer's a, a third third or fourth option at best uh, yeah. 
for this Giants offense and is a very um, limited role. And he can, he gets you beat deep for for that big play uh, on a third and twelve situation. That's frustrating. Um, and and again, uh, I'd have to go back and double check the tape, but I. Uh, on that play, uh, we didn't get any pressure. It's third and 12, and Daniel Jones is able to sit back in the pocket and have time to throw. So that's the other aspect of that play. Um, you know, we're just sending three or four guys again. And unfortunately, uh, even if it might look like there's some guys coming around the edge, uh, Jones was uh, able to be comfortable and have time to stand in the pocket and throw the ball downfield. Uh, so that might be another uh, play on tape where Coach Patton and his staff are going to look at and say, okay, uh, perhaps we should have been a little bit more aggressive in that situation, put this kid under a little bit more uh, pressure, and um, and that wouldn't have given him time to get the ball downfield as well. Uh, but uh, the good news is they were able to hold him to a field goal. Uh, so uh, on these two long offensive possessions in the second and third quarter uh, for the Giants, they only came away with six points. Uh, so that was the key to me. And, and then finally the offense seemed to wake up on that next possession. Um, yeah. And come back and score the touchdown. Who take a breath, right? Um, and, and yeah. really a, a beautiful vintage, <laughs> uh, catch, uh, throw and catch. Uh, you know, they rush up to the line, catch the Giants, uh, in a substitution pattern, 12 men on the field, Devante and the two guys that you expect to be on the same page just go out there and execute. Um, and, and now we're up 11, and, and you feel like, uh, all right, now we're ready to put this team away. Wags, you, you are uh, you touched on it. You're 100% correct. And uh, dare I say, this drive here by the Packers uh, may be my favorite drive of the season. Uh, it's up there. It's in the top three. It kind of had a little bit of everything. Uh, I thought from from what the Packers do, uh, they were able to mix Aaron Jones in. You know, uh, obviously, you know he had a, a run here or there. He uh, they they at least targeted him there. Um, uh, you know, so he was able to have a, a run, a catch for you know roughly ten yards here and there. Uh, it had a nice Devonte Adams play uh, at the top end of it, but it also had something that uh, you know I think that the Packers at times went lacking uh, in in previous seasons. Um, it's it's fourth and ten, Wags. Yeah, fourth and ten, and I, I'll be honest. I look I, I look over and my 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 again. I'm going to mention my wife, and my poor wife has to put up with me just talking to myself for three and a half hours every Sunday, right? And I just go, why in the world are they going for it? I I really I I admit when I'm wrong, and I I I did not see the spark there in that moment um, where I thought that they were going to be able to put this play together and, and pick up the first down on fourth and ten. And Rodgers, with just an absolute, you know, a, a perfect pass to Geronimo Allison. Geronimo's had a tough year this year. Geronimo comes down, squeezes the ball, and I just, I, I saw that play, and to myself, I'm just like, that's a culture change moment to me. That's a moment where LaFleur is going, you know what, I trust you guys. You're going to get the job done. And I think those are the kinds of moments in a season where these offensive players uh, gain a lot of confidence and they know that their coach has their back. And I just I thought that it was just a, a marvelous play by Rodgers to Geronimo. I thought the offensive line 
did their work on that play, and uh, that was one of those big plays. And as Roger said in the post-game interview, he thought that was the, the turning point or the biggest play of the game. And I would agree because from there, the Packers start playing downhill. Yes, there's a holding call on, on Tunyon that, that uh, brings back the Aaron Jones run. But then again, uh, on, uh, you know, on, I, I believe it was on the third down there, Rodgers throws a strike to Devontae Adams. Touchdown. Now we're rolling from their wags. Uh, I really feel like there was the game before the Geronimo Allison fourth down. And then I think that there was a game after the Geronimo Allison fourth down. And afterwards, the Packers had a little bit of swagger. They started punching the Giants in the mouth just a little bit more. And we were able to take over the football game. And I think that we're going to be able to launch ourselves from that moment. And I think that as we look at the rest of the season, I'm hopeful that we can point to that play as uh, one of those mini launching pads that helps this team out uh, as they play tougher and tougher opponents. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And Geronimo, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, and Rodgers was under pressure on that play. He was falling backwards when he makes the throw. Um, it's just, it's, it's able to get enough on it. Geronimo, uh, squeezes it, makes a, a terrific catch. And, uh, he came up with a, a big catch in third down, uh, I think on the next series as well. So, um, you know, I was critical of him in our last episode in the preview, uh, coming into this game as uh, he had some key drops, if he's able to do this and come in and make a couple of key catches in, in those situations, then absolutely he has a role. But uh, the biggest thing is he's got to make sure to come down with the catches, which unfortunately he hasn't done consistently this year. Today he was able to do it. I'm not ready to jump all in on the Geronimo Allison bandwagon here, but um, if he can play some better football here for the rest of the season – and uh, come down with football in situations like that, um, then I, absolutely that makes a huge difference uh, for this team because that's the difference between not getting points and getting points on that series. So uh, kudos to him. And, and yeah, uh, I, I was um, a little nervous, but for some reason I always felt like even after that Tunyon um, uh, hold that, there was no reason third and 17 that you're expecting the Packers to still get into the end zone, but I don't know. I just felt like Rogers were going to pull something out in that situation. And sure enough, we did. So uh kudos to, to he and Devante as well for, for, and the rest of the offense for recognizing that opportunity, getting up to the line and, and making the defense pace. So, um yep. yeah. And then, uh you know, on the next uh, possession for the Giants, uh, we're able to get another interception. Uh, so uh, Darnell Savage uh, picks up an interception. And I thought he may have the opportunity to get that pick six and that touchdown you were expecting to see from the defense. Wasn't quite able to squeeze around the edge, uh, but uh, had a nice return on the interception as well. So that, that to me, um, right away, we get the touchdown and then come back and the defense is able to force another turnover. Uh, I was breathing uh, much easier. I, I, to me, that was the game right there. I get that. Uh, it certainly wasn't over, but um, uh, it wasn't uh, too much concern at that point uh, for the rest of the way. Yeah, and uh, Wags, I think that's around the time when I texted you saying, uh, uh, no, never mind, we should podcast tonight. <laughs> I texted <laughs> earlier. I was so angry in the first half. I was like, I can't. I'm so angry. Um, but uh, I, I agree that's, uh, you know, the you breathe a sigh of relief, and we had a uh, Mercedes Lewis 
a sighting in the end zone. Wags, I'm so happy for Mercedes Lewis. I really like his game. Uh, obviously, he's one of those veteran football players, um, and I just thought that it was it was really nice for him to catch the ball in his post game interview. Uh, Aaron Rodgers talking about Mercedes Lewis. Um, said that uh, he couldn't have thought of a better guy as a person to throw that touchdown to. And he started talking about his leadership skills and how he just gets his job done. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't, uh, you know, he leads by example, doesn't cause problems in the locker room. Other guys look to him as a leader. And I thought we saw a really nice glimpse into who Mercedes Lewis is uh, from this Packers team perspective and how these guys look to him after this touchdown, and it was just nice to hear some of those stories come out of uh, other players' mouths um, after that touchdown, because he's a guy who does that nitty-gritty work legs. He's blocking and blocking and blocking. He, at times, is basically a, a sixth offensive lineman out there. So were you as happy as I was to see Rodgers find him for that one-yard strike? Yeah, and it was great execution, and Mercedes uh, showed very, very soft hands, catching the ball, high-pointing it up, um, and, you know, just uh, used, uh, securing it and, and just stepping right into the end zone. Uh, dare I say that he perhaps is kind of taking over as the red zone option from the tight end position because he was targeted earlier in the game uh, when uh, Devontae ended up scoring, I believe, on that possession uh, when he he drew a either a hold, it was a hold in the end zone, I believe it wasn't pass interference, but he got hooked and drew the holding penalty, and uh, so he was being targeted on that play as well. So they were looking for him in the end zone today. He was the guy that they were targeting uh, from that tight end position, and I thought that he, he looked very comfortable. And uh, to me, let's keep uh, putting him in in those situations. Uh, because he's a he's he's although late in his career right now, um, he showed that he can be a load and, and a little bit of a mismatch uh, around the goal line. So the more guys that we can have involved uh, to be looking at in that situation, the better. And um, I, I don't need to tell you that Jimmy Graham's been a disappointment. Uh, so if Mercedes Lewis is able to help us in the red zone, and we're already a very good red zone offense, that's just going to be one more weapon. Uh, that can can really uh, be a difference for this offense as we move down the stretch. So I was very happy as well, and, and certainly um, uh, great execution uh, on that drive overall um, to um, uh, get down and get some more points on the board. So we're up 31-13 at that point, and, and that really, uh, for the most part, that was the game. Uh, there were no, no more scoring opportunities. Um, one thing that I did want to kind of highlight which was interesting to me, Dane, is um, not on the very next possession, but uh, the last Giants possession, we saw some defensive substitutions. And you could say, yeah, okay, we're up 18. Um, let's get some of these other guys some looks. But I thought it was very telling. <laughs> uh, and and maybe I'm overthinking this, but, Dane, we had uh, we got some Oren Burke sighting. Uh, we got Josh Jackson out on, out on the field. Field mm-hmm. and a couple of guys that got taken out uh, were then Kevin King and Blake Martinez. Um, and, and certainly uh, at the start of that series, uh, Kyler Fackrell and Rashawn Gary substituted in for the Smiths. Uh, so, I, I, again, you don't want to overlook it, but the Smiths came back out there after the Giants kind of moved the ball down the field. Uh, but uh, Oren Burks and, and Josh Jackson stayed out there. 
and finished off the series. What did you think about that? Was that uh, something to be looking for as a coaching staff? Do you think that was by design, or was that strictly, uh, okay, let's get some of our starters off the field? So, yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, first, happy for Josh Jackson. I think he's a good kid. Uh, I was happy to see that he's able to get some extended looks there. Um, I, I thought that um, anytime you can work in your second-round pick, who, um, you know, clearly has, has lost uh, some some of his opportunities here down the stretch. Uh, he's been inactive as a coach's decision a couple of times. Uh, so to see him be able to work his way back in, I was uh, pleased about that. Um, Oren Burks, I thought, was probably the more fascinating case, Legs, because we've talked a little bit uh, about the middle linebacker position. Uh, Oren Burks hasn't played a ton of snaps for the Packers this year, uh, even after coming back from this injury. Um, so I'm wondering, he doesn't necessarily play the same position as Blake Martinez does, uh, but to see him work his way in and get some live game reps, um, at the very least, the Packers were kicking his tires. They wanted to get some game tape on him and uh, and see if he could get some run. Uh, from the pass rush perspective, um, you know, uh, I'm not surprised you want to get your two prized defensive pass rushers out of the game for a little bit. I was a little miffed, Wags, I'm not going to lie, uh, at the, the TV announcer who um, kind of threw a little shade at Fackrell, I thought, by saying, like, oh, we're not hearing his name a lot this year. Um, and I, clearly the guys who were calling this game were looking at stat sheets and Fackrell at 10 plus X last year. We didn't expect him to have that same contribution in the stat column this year. But I actually think that Fackrell has been kind of sneaky good this year for the Packers defense. I thought he had a nice play on uh, Saquon Barkley earlier in the game that didn't really get called out. But uh, if he doesn't make that tackle, he shed a block, made a tackle, uh, in uh, probably the first quarter, maybe early second quarter. He doesn't make that play. Barkley's off to the races for a little bit. Um, I, I like that his, his contributions on special teams. He had a nice play in special teams today. Uh, also, as a situational pass rusher, I think he has shown the ability to still rush the passer. Maybe he's not getting the sacks, but he's making quarterbacks uncomfortable. So a little frustrated uh, that these uh, announcers today for the TV broadcast what we're throwing that shade at him because I think Tyler's playing better football than maybe the stat show. He's putting a lot of impact on that game. Um, so uh, broadly, I was glad to see these Packers uh, be able to work their way in because I think at different times this year, we may need to lean on some, if not all of those guys in important positions. Uh, so um, I, I'm fascinated what you thought and particularly Wags about Warren Burks uh, do you think that that was just a, um opportunity for Burks that they saw and they took it? Or do you think they were looking a little bit deeper to see what we have in this kid? I thought it was by design. Uh, you know, and, and it could go either way. I could be wrong. But I, I just felt like the guys that they took out, they took out King and they took out uh, Blake. And they, I think they really wanted to start to, to get a look at uh, both those guys, uh, uh, both um, uh, Oren Burks and and um, I'm sorry, and um, Josh Jackson. Jackson, yeah, haven't had, neither of those two have had many live game reps, uh, you know, the, the preseason is a long way away now, uh, um, and so getting them worked in a little bit, I think, makes sense, and to be quite honest with you, I, I even if they're not, you know, coming in and taking over those positions, 
I, I would kind of like to see a, a little bit more rotations at all these positions. I thought Rashawn Gary was getting some pretty good pressure right, right away in the, in that series. And he just looked fresh. Um, mm-hmm. and so he got hurt and uh, got taken back off the field and we, we got the Smiths back in there. But, um, you know, it, it would be interesting to see if we were able to get some more of these guys out there in, in certain situations and, and get a few more snaps because, um, I think they can do the job and it would be, I think to our benefit if, if they're out there and able to make some plays that, that I think keeps some pressure on some of these guys in front of them. Um, and, and as you said in our last episode, uh, that keeps, uh, uh, lighting a fire under these guys and keeps them from getting complacent and saying, Hey, we've got someone else to go to if you're not getting the job done. And, uh, so, uh, cer- certainly neither Oren or Josh did anything particular that stood out. Um, at, uh, but at, at the same time, I would uh, I would like to see a few more of these guys rotating and getting some additional snaps. So uh, for that reason, I I was encouraged that the that they did that, and it, it seemed pretty clear to me that um, that was a signal from the coaching staff. Uh, don't get too comfortable. Yes, we've got this game in order, and you can you can take a rest the rest of the way. But um, the rest of the defensive starters were still out there, Dan. So. Um, so that, that I think was, was something that was, that was definitely noteworthy. Um, quick shout out to, to Showtime for making a nice pass yeah. right up there on their fourth down on that last play. Um, you know, he's just come in and he's just been very sound. He, he, he makes plays and he's been, uh, been a, a really great addition to this Packers, um, uh, secondary. He, he, to me, you know, every defensive back is going to get beat on certain pass plays. But he has not been someone that's gotten burned deep um, and that I can remember at all this year. Um, and he's been uh, rotating around multiple positions in that secondary. Um, so just really uh, proud of him and, and the work that he's putting in. He and um, uh, Tremont Williams have been kind of in that similar role. Um, before today, Tremont hadn't really uh, – you haven't heard his name a lot. He's not getting beat by that uh, tertiary or, or fourth option um, on opposing offenses. They just – basically getting the job done pretty quietly um, for the most part. So uh, I, I did want to give him a quick shout-out as well. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's great. And uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you on, on all of those points. And uh, learned something new this week uh, after this game, watching some of these interviews. Um, it sounds like the Packers had a, a, a leadership meeting with Coach LaFleur this week, Wags. And – uh, it, this came up in the joint interview with, uh, the Darius and Preston Smith. <laughs> those two guys like to do those joint interviews after the games. And, uh, I thought it was actually pretty fascinating to hear what he had to say. Um, it sounds like the Darius and Aaron Rodgers talked, uh, and, and the, the, uh, interviewer asked the Darius, well, did Coach LaFleur initiate this, this meeting or, or with the leadership, uh, within the, the Packer locker room or, or did you? And Zadarius said that he and Aaron talked and that Aaron talked with Mercedes and Zadarius talked with Preston Smith and they came together, uh, kind of having a, a leadership group here and they said that going forward the Packers are going to have weekly leadership meetings with Coach LaFleur, and that one of the things they like about him is how transparent he is with the players. 
Uh, so just an interesting look and a glimpse into how Coach LaFleur is leading this team, but also uh, at least four of the guys that are part of this core leadership group for the Packers, uh, the Smiths, Aaron Rodgers, and Mercedes Lewis. Uh, so some veteran guys on the offensive side of the ball, some new guys to the Packers' defense, uh, new being this year on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how big a circle is uh, of this leadership group. I, I imagine that maybe Tremont Williams might be a part of that and some others. Uh, but, Wags, uh, what do you take? Uh, do, do you take anything from that? Because that's not something I, I heard happening when Coach McCarthy was in town. And I feel like uh, LaFleur is finding ways to relate with his players in innovative ways. And it's it's just a, a fun glimpse into the inner workings and the dynamics of this current 2019-2020 Green Bay Packer team. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and LaFleur certainly, um, by all accounts, is his style is he's a player's coach. And so, you know, he don't see him publicly get on guys at, at all uh, for the most part. I mean, I, I certainly he's going to, you know, he's not afraid to, to get on uh, guys on the sideline occasionally, but He's not doing it in a way that's calling attention um, to to that situation, or or is going to you know cause any negativity between player and coach. So um, I think the players respect him in kind of the way that he goes about his business. And uh, certainly, you know, to be honest with you, I, I guess uh, not to not to not give him credit, but it, to me, this would be something that should be kind of par for the course and sort of standard in any in, in NFL locker room between the players and the coaching staff. Um, I would expect the players would be communicating very closely with their positional coaches as well. And those positional coaches will be talking to the head coaches and the coordinators. So maybe it was a little bit more, that was the style in the past where it was the, uh, where McCarthy may have been relying more on, on what the, he was hearing from the positional coaches. And perhaps uh, he wasn't necessarily hearing it right from the players and, uh, so yeah, it's kind of a skip level one-on-one, if you will. Uh, get that leadership, uh, council involved directly with the head coach. Uh, and, uh, that, that, uh, keeps the coaching staff, uh, you know, um, accountable as well because these positional coaches, uh, you know, they're, they've got their own biases and they're trying to do what they need to do, um, to protect their, uh, jobs as well. So I think that drives uh, accountability all the way around. And um, so, I, yeah, it makes sense, and I'm certainly glad to hear that that's what's going on with this team. Uh, the players can hold the players accountable, too. Um, so I don't think that it, behind closed doors, it would not – I am fully expect that these guys um, are, are getting on each other as they need to uh, and also encouraging each other as they need to. It seems like the chemistry on this team is, is very strong. Uh, but um, uh, it, that's, I'm sure, happening as well. So um, absolutely, uh, that is uh, encouraging because to me that says that this team is not a finished product. And, and even though they've been struggling a little bit and, and thankfully were able to uh, put away a, a, a pretty weak opponent this week, um, there's they know and they're recognizing that there's room for improvement. And I think uh, we are, are not done yet. We're going to see um, a much different finished product, I think, heading into the playoffs than what we're feeling here in the midpoint of the season. Yeah, so, you know, we've got a few games left here. we got Washington coming up next week. Uh, don't want to look much further ahead than that. 
we will circle back with a preview podcast of this Washington team coming into Lambeau Field. Uh, but for now, Legs, unless you think we're missing anything, uh, encouraging victory from the Packers tonight, uh, 31-13, to handling their business on the road against New York. And, you know, folks, you can find us on Lombardi's Legends on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook. And please like our, our podcast and, and please share it with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening and, and for interacting with us. Um, uh, this uh, finally we're able to with a noon game it makes it a little bit easier to get a recap in uh, quickly after the game and, and as you mentioned uh, we should be able to find a time to get a, a preview episode out uh, heading into this uh, Redskins game next weekend so uh, a little bit more content this week and um, I'm glad that we were able to get in and, and, and rehash this one quickly after the game enjoy this one we're nine and three um, and Let's uh, let's uh, become. I, I hate to say it, but I'm a big Seahawks fan uh, here. This uh, <laughs> crazy. We have, a, yeah. we have an opportunity to to get uh, uh, a little separation from these uh, Vikings, and uh, I would be very very pleased to see the Seahawks pull off a win against the Vikings, uh, and then the Packers can come into next week and hopefully build on this uh, performance. And, and let's, like Aaron said after the game. Let's go home and, and let's get 10 wins. And um, and then we're really, I think, uh, uh, we, we're still got an opportunity to get a, get a buy here, Dan. So, mm-hmm. um, so um, yeah, uh, this will be fun a good week. Uh, we uh, stayed pretty relatively healthy. And uh, so stay tuned. We've got more coming up. Um, and I'll quit uh, rambling here so that you, we can uh, get after it. Uh, Dane, any other closing thoughts? No, Wags. I think that we just like to close our podcast the same way. So, folks, say it with us. Go, Go back. Go. Go.